Welcome once again, everybody, to the Blood on the Canvas podcast. Today we have the long-awaited return of my co-host and best friend, the one and only largest shit stain of a man to ever walk this planet, Mr. Tyler Stafford. I hope my intros really boost your self-confidence. Surprise, surprise, motherfucker. The king is back. (laughs) All right, Tyler, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your takeaways from some recent fights. Uh, We're going to go UFC 241 first. What do you think about that comma-worthy upset? One of the biggest upsets since... I guess, by the numbers-wise, I think that's probably the biggest upset since Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, if I was guessing. It was a pretty sweet knockout. Yeah, that was a, I, the uppercut, I, for a long, the, when I watched it the first time, I thought for sure that uppercut took him out. Well, it had to it was, be that hook. Yeah, because when it just uppercut, he just uppercut him in the fucking armpit. Yeah. Maybe the pressure point, fucking Chinese pressure point, that's what it was. Maybe. What do you think about Sanhagen's show-out performance the other night? Man, say, Sanhagen looks smooth. Dude, that guy's going to be a force to be reckoned with. At his footwork looked incredible. It, uh, his ground game was impressive all around. It was just a it was a good show. I've been I've listened to Brennan Schaub talk about him probably like two years ago. I remember him saying his name, and I was like, who the fuck is that? And then all of a sudden he showed up. Apparently that guy's been training since he was like 15 in that gym. I think it was Jackson's. I think he's still at Jackson's. But to be 5'11 and 135, can you even imagine what that'd feel like? Dude, he's going to be a stud. It, he's the guy I told you took that arm bar from hell and just wrote it out. So he's tough as shit. Too. Well, he's either tough as shit or he's double-jointed. I don't know what the fuck it is, but that guy can fucking bang. Either way, he's fucking good. And he's, I, in, my, in my opinion, he's going to be the champion in about a year. What do you think? If he can knock off Cejudo. If you, Cejudo fights again, I want to see Cejudo fight again. I know he's injured right now. Do you think Cejudo is going to be champion in a year? I believe in Cejudo, man. So I he, do. Henry Cejudo. 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 I I I don't believe it's Cejudo at one thirty-five. I believe in Cejudo at one twenty-five. But he's a bulky guy, man. Yeah, but at some point, a five-foot-four, one thirty-five is going to catch up to him. I don't know what his reach is, but I don't imagine it's too much. And he doesn't. The thing about being an Olympic wrestler in a division like that, you just. You can't take people down and lay on him like you can in other divisions, like Usman can, because those little guys are just way too squirrely for that. And I'm not saying that I think he'll be. I don't think he'll beat Sanhagen. I just think it'll take Sanhagen a little time to get up there to him. Let's just think about this for a second. How fucking hilarious that fight would be if they ever fought. Think about a, a five eleven guy. <laughs> a five eleven guy. See, it's gonna look like Sanhagen's touching him from across the ring. <laughs> The only thing Sudo's going to be able to do in that fight is take him down. There's no way he gets in on Sanhagen, right? And I think it's even dangerous to take Sanhagen down. I mean, it is. The He's got way great that he looked there. on the ground. I don't know if you can submit Sudo though. I don't know. I don't think he could, but he can scramble, get back to his yeah, feet, and yeah. do whatever he wants. He can dictate that fight. Especially those long, well, the long-ass legs might hinder him in that position. It might not be able to put his legs on his hips because Henry Sudo's hips are going to beat his fucking chest. I don't know. We got some time to think about it, though. I, I don't think while. we have that much time to think about it. I, I think it'll be a little while before Cejudo fights again, though. I mm, think he'll get stripped. Uh, you think he's getting stripped at 125 or 135? 125. You think he'll get stripped at 125? I don't think he'll get stripped. I think there'll be an interim champion I, at 35. Mm, and I think it'll yeah. be Sanhagen. Yeah, uh, Sanhagen gives... yawn. That's that's what I... Well, we leave out Aljo. I'm a straight Aljo. That's I'm an Aljo stand from now I on. I completely forgot about that. Dude. Did you listen to Aljo and Joe Rogan? No. That dude has 15 brothers and sisters. Damn. His dad was a pimp and a drug dealer. 
Let's make the best fighters. <laughs> it's like fucking Des Bryant. But, <laughs> it, but besides that, he's trying to help his mom stay in her house because she was getting evicted. And right now, Adjermaine Sterling is the number three ranked bantamweight in the world. And the man doesn't own a mattress because he can't afford one. He Holy doesn't. Shit. He sleeps on a fucking pull-out couch Even right still? Now. Still. Right now, Aljo is sleeping on a pull-out Did he not couch. make like 40 grand in this last fight? Yeah, but he's least? trying to help his mom keep her house. Shit. I guess she was that far behind or something. Or he's trying to help all his brothers and sisters. Well, be I mean, it would, it would cost 40000 a week to feed 15 brothers and sisters. My yeah, Lord. That's true. Okay, moving on here. What do you think about Bumson's career resurgence? And I use Bumson, if you remember, Adesanya's. Adesanya coined that one. I fucking love that name because I just have no faith in Brunson. Still, I have no faith in him. Man, he reinvented himself. Um, he looked a whole lot more sharp, I guess. Uh, I can't... I don't know he what... He was more patient. I think... He moved Definitely. to a new camp, didn't he? He did. He was at... If I'm not mistaken, it may be the other way around. He was at 365 Hard Knocks, and now he's at Jackson's. It's helped him. Either way, mm-hmm. uh, it's helped him a lot, but I I just I don't that, believe in Brunson either. Well, I, I I believe in Brunson as a gatekeeper. Oh yeah, he's a great gatekeeper. I think that's all. I think that's what he's going to be. I think that's going to be his role. If you look at the top like six to seven in the middleweight division, there's no one there Brunson Brunson can beat. Not a fucking one. So the only option he has at this point is to keep taking out contenders until he gets a bigger fight. And once he gets that bigger fight, it's probably going to be against Jerry Cannonier, and Jerry Cannonier is going to knock his fucking block off. Nobody wants to fight Cannonier. Nobody wants to fight Cannonier. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to fight that. Cannonier. <laughs> but I, I've I, never seen a man be so pudgy and all of a sudden be so jacked. I cannot believe there is not you saw him. But that's like Paulo Costa, Yo Romero status of not getting caught. What is it with fucking middleweights? Dude, it, is one eighty-five? Maybe. They don't always don't test know, for man. him. They don't always test for him. I don't, I don't know, know why they decided to test Dillashaw that. Uh, who was it? Cejudo. I don't know why they decided to test Dillashaw for EPO in that fight. They don't think they usually do that. I would think, though, I think that, that he's been tested. Because look at the man. I mean, you saw yeah. has to see that, too. He was like 240. Yeah. And, and now he's ripped. Fucking massive. Fucking model. But Bumson did take out... Uh, I'm losing his Ian Heinish. I've got that DC body. I'm a little jealous. You got that DC body? That, we're gonna, that's we're gonna, what I'm calling it now. So you're soft in the belly? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Is, you say so you're t- telling me you can't take a liver shot. I've been asking and just wrestling. <laughs> I won't get knocked out though. I'm you just, got that you got that big ass head and thick neck though. You could take some punches. Well, we'll see when the day gets here. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I'm going to try to wrestle. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to try to take oh, everything. Oh, shit. I don't blame me. If you don't got to get hit in the face, why would you get hit in the they face? Ground and pound. That's, that's all. That's always been my argument with people that say they don't like people that ground and pound. Why get hit in the face if you don't fucking have to? If you can make your money and get out of there with a win and not get hit, why wouldn't you do that? Dude, I feel like that's all the best strategy in MMA yeah. is wrestling. It's the gladiator mentality, though. It's what the fans want to see. And they want to see blood. I heard a stat that I hadn't even thought of the other night when, we, when I was watching UFC, uh, that every champion except for two in the UFC have a wrestling background. Oh, yeah, right now, I think Whitaker, off the top of my head, Whitaker, and let's see, 135, 125, Cejudo, 145, Max. So Whitaker Those and Max. Those are the only two. 
So 185 and 145, only two is not wrestlers, and the wrestlers are coming. Volkanovski at 145, I would consider maybe a wrestler. He's half and half, but I would say his wrestling dictates the rest of his game. And at 185, there's still really no wrestlers, actually, because it's Adesanya, Whitaker, Romero, Costa. There's just no really elite wrestlers at 195 right now. I mean, sure, I just said Romero wasn't a wrestler. We talked about this earlier. He don't use it. He doesn't use it. Uh, he uses it at the end of a round to try to win a round, but that doesn't work anymore. I don't know why he doesn't lean more on his wrestling. I have no idea. Uh, especially at 185, where nobody has that good of wrestling. And he's an Olympic champion, isn't he? Uh, no, I think he took Third, silver. bronze? He was bronze or silver, one. But well, still, still fucking a, Olympics. A Cuban wrestler. And yeah. he's, the dude's a freak anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, Olympic wrestling is different than MMA wrestling, but, but at the same still, time, man. Some, some situations still apply. He could use it if he wanted to. His takedowns are explosive and awesome. He just doesn't use them. He would just rather stand there and bang, and I get it, but at the same time. It just makes no sense to me, It makes man. no sense. Now, he could have won that cost of fight. Uh, Costa, Costa, Costa. Oh, I'm gonna... I can't figure out how to pronounce it. <laughs> I've heard it's, both. Well, his real name is Borchina. Did you know that? He, well, he I don't stand a chance <laughs> of uh, pronouncing that one. Like, but... like five years ago before he fought Johnny Hendricks, he may have even still been Borchina. He was going by just Borchina at this point. Borchina may be his nickname, or Costa may be his nickname, but at one point he was just going by Borchina. Is it Costa or Costa? I don't really know. I'm going to say Costa just because of the hat company. So, somebody the fishing company. tweet us. Somebody tweet us and tell us how to fucking pronounce Costa's name. But you know what? Fuck him. Never mind. I don't even care. I'm going to call him whatever the fuck I want to. John fuck you, Costa. John don't like him. Fuck Costa. Everybody knows I don't like fucking Costa. I did warm up to him a little bit after that post-fight interview just because everybody booed him and he was trying to be respectful. But at the same time, fuck you, Paul Costa. Uh, he fought a damn good fight. Though. He did fight a damn good fight. Hey, he stands a chance to... Take either Adesanya or Whitaker out. Whoever wins uh, that fight, I think he's Whitaker, probably getting either I, the loser or the winner. I don't know which one he'll get. See, the thing about Costa is he's almost a carbon copy of Yo Romero, except without the wrestling. So that's why that fight was so good, is because they have the same style. So my thinking is Whitaker takes Costa pretty easily because I don't. I still don't think Costa is. Excuse me. I still don't think Costa is as good as Romero. In no way. I think Romero's age is starting to catch up to him a little bit. His cardio is gone. He had times he could have finished that fight, but he chose not to because he's an asshole sometimes. I don't know what the fuck Romero was thinking when he had him on the cage. There's problems in his head, man. You can see it in the fight, too. I know. And it's like he's not hurt. He's tired. But he could finish that fight on the cage if he wanted to. Costa was begging to be finished. And Romero went back to the center of the cage like an idiot instead of getting on him and finishing the fight. No idea. And this tongue sticking out thing, nothing was... I was yelling at my TV, What are you doing? What are you doing, Yoel? Stop fucking doing that. Stop sticking your tongue out of me. I don't want to see that shit. What the fuck, man? What the... We ain't there yet. <laughs> we ain't there yet. My what the fuck, man, is about Nate Diaz. Not Nate Diaz necessarily, but still about Nate Diaz. I don't know what yours is yet. I think it's a surprise, isn't it? I don't know. You don't I, know I, that? I'm going to, you know, gonna just go by heart. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So what do you think about... Was this the first time you've seen Sadiq Youssef? I'd heard about him before. From me or... Uh, it might have been Joe Rogan. I don't Joe know Rogan. if I listen. I might have listened to bits and pieces of that podcast. Uh, but I listen to so many Joe Rogan podcasts. They yeah, all just kind of blend together. together. Yeah, I know. Um, 
but I think that's where I first was introduced to him. And I watched a couple of his fights, and he looked impressive, but not as impressive as he looked in his last fight. Oh, dude, he is always impressive to me. On the Contender Series, the first time I saw him was on the Contender Series, and he fought this guy named Mike Davis. Yusuf was a really big underdog, and I had watched a little bit of Yusuf before, just highlights on YouTube when I saw the fight, because I knew who Mike Davis was, because I knew he had really good boxing. So I was like, man, Mike Davis probably take this guy. And then I watched some Yusuf, and I was like, this is going to be a damn good fight. I even put some money on it and won a little bit. Like I, I said it on Twitter earlier, if anybody knows how to get Bitcoins, please tell me. Because I have like $1,500 of Bitcoins that I have no idea how to use. I'm a fucking redneck. Somebody tell me how to use Bitcoin. We don't know how to use technology I, here in the mountains. If this wasn't such a simple app, thank you, Anchor, for being such a simple app. If this wasn't such a simple app, there's no way I'd have a podcast. It's just, I just press a button on my phone and it records, and it's awesome. Oh, let's tell a story first. Okay, go ahead. When we first tried to make a podcast, when we went to the East Tennessee State University, we first tried to make a podcast, and oh, instead was... of using an app, we recorded it on our phone like a voice memo. We did, didn't we? We did. We, to, to be fair, we were smoking a lot of pot. Oh, uh, yeah. Quite a a lot of, wait, should we say that now? Can we? No, 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 no. Just kidding. Disregard that. Just kidding. <laughs> Tyler is now a pro officer. He is the man. You are the man. You can arrest arrest your fucking self right now. I'm the fucking man, dude. Arrest your fucking self. Dude, I've had to go. You don't realize how many background checks, psychologists, online psychology tests, uh, medical exams, all that shit that I've had to go through in the last two months. I'm fucking good, dude. Why did they ask you about your thumb? Dude, they asked me about my thumb, my head, my <laughs> ankles. Did they ask you about your nose? Cause no, I didn't tell them about my nose. Fuck no. What do you mean you didn't tell them about your nose? Your nose is three ways crooked. They didn't look at it. <laughs> you look like look damn Owen it. Wilson out here. Dude, they didn't look at it. Uh, they asked me. She, she you... did look at my nose weird. <laughs> and she was like, have you ever been in a fight? And I was like, well, I mean, kind of in high school, but, you know, it wasn't, wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> she was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Were you thinking about your nose at this point? No, like, no. This bitch is looking at my nose. No, because it's just normal to me, man. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. been like that since I've been you got that Colby, years old. You got that Colby Covington deviated symptom. I really do, man. Check it out. Look. Oh, shit. You really can see it. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can see it. It's bad, I'm telling you. It's because your nose is fucking broken, man. It's What happened when I was little, I was hidden in a batting cage, and I forgot to move the little screen in front of the uh, pitching machine back to where it was supposed to go. Just took one right in the schnozzer. I took one right in the nose, dude. Knocked me out cold. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up on my hands and knees covered in blood, went to the hospital, and they're like, nah, it ain't broken. <laughs> But now, it was. It, it was broken. Oh, it's definitely bad. fucking broken. You can still see it. Yeah. Okay, moving on from Tyler's glass body. Okay, Diaz Pettis. Doing Diaz Pettis things. I said in the last podcast, there was a clear fucking blueprint here. For both guys, there is a blueprint to beat them. Pettis' blueprint is pressure, make it dirty, make it bloody, make Pettis quit. He didn't quit. I will tell you, you said he that didn't before. quit. You said that uh, before the Tony Ferguson whoever, fight. Didn't. Yeah. Tony and what, what happened? He bled him. Uh, he quit because he said he broke his hand. He did. And, and I, that's when I was like, well, maybe John kind of knows what he's talking about. I mean, I still kind of doubt you sometimes, man. But I doubt me too. 
You know. I, I did argue with Juice, our friend Juice. Go ahead and go ahead and do your shout right, out. I know you're upset. I followed you on Twitter today, man, and I haven't got a follow back at Tyler Ten Staff. I followed you, man. I expected a follow. To be back. fair, to be fair, Juice is in Mexico right now drinking mojitos. That's very true. I did hear that on your last podcast that you were about to go to Mexico. But when you get back, I expect to follow. They probably don't have internet right now. No, no, he's been talking to me on Twitter. He doesn't have an excuse. Fuck you, Juice. Fuck you. What the hell, man? Come <laughs> on, man. Back to being... I know you listened to episode two on this podcast and heard he Tyler Tinstaff because I said it about 15 times, so you <laughs> should recognize that Twitter name. <laughs> back to Diaz Pettis. What'd you think about the fight? Man, I thought uh, Diaz looked impressive coming off a layoff. I expected Diaz to be rusty and have ring rust, and he did in round one. But after round one, I think he started fighting his fight. And... I, I think he, he impressed me, dude. He looked good. I disagree with a lot of people on this. Number one, I disagree. It's not that I don't believe in Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is going to beat a lot of guys in the division. Even at 170, he's going to beat a lot of guys. But there's also going to be a lot of guys beating Nate Diaz. He looked impressive for a first fight back in three years. But at the same time, he didn't look impressive at 170. You know what I mean? He's not going to keep up with those guys. His striking looks sloppy at times. I think he can keep up with them. His striking looks sloppy at times. He still but has his pressure, man. That's what it was, was pressure. It broke Pettis. Pressure ain't going to matter when you're getting taken down. Dude, his ground game. Did you see the ground game between him have and you, Pettis, though? Have you seen? It was elite. Have you seen Diaz get tossed like a ragdoll versus Rory McDonald and RDA? That was a long time ago. That's still the same Nate Diaz. It was a long time Nate ago. Nate Diaz's though, game he, has not changed. He's been training. Just like Pettis. Pettis and Diaz have been the same fighters for a long time. I disagree. Time. Here's the thing. I don't see Nate Diaz as a top five fighter. He can't change his style at this point. It's not his fault. I, I don't see him as a you know a champion contender. He's top five. But the thing is, is I definitely think he's up there in the division at this point. He is. But one thing I will I say. Think, I, I will say this. I think he's better than Masvidal. I'll give you that. I, th- I think Masvidal has the edge in that one, but I will give you that Diaz has a very good shot against Masvidal. I, I, right now, I'm leaning 50-50. It'll probably change when it gets closer to the fight if they do make it, but right now, I'm leaning Masvidal. I'm leaning a little towards Diaz on that fight. Well, you've told me before you're not impressed by Masvidal. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. It, we didn't learn at times, much. He's got he a didn't lot learn of anything. He's got a good that. game plan. Mike Brown has the best game plan in the game. Well, he does have that. Here's the th- he's got a lot of hype. Uh, after that Askren knockout, just because it was such a cool fucking knockout. Yeah. And then he did all his shit after. Yeah. And But the thing about Masvidal Diaz, very few guys beat Diaz. But the guys that do beat Diaz have a very certain style. That style is Colby Covington, Kamara Usman. He's not beating either of those guys. There's no fucking way. Not a chance in hell. Well, I don't see anybody in that division beating those two guys. No, it's going to be Tyron. If Tyron gets his mind right and gets his body right, he could beat either one of those guys. He looked terrible against Usman last time. He wouldn't right, man. Something wouldn't right with Woodley. He looked he would, awful, man. He would never tell you what's wrong with him because he's that kind of guy, but something was wrong there. I thought really highly of Woodley until I still think highly of him. Fight. And, yeah, maybe something was going on. I haven't really thought about it that much until now. Something was going on. But he, he he's has, always he's been out for a while. He has serious hand problems. He punches people so fucking hard he breaks his hand. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, he does punch fucking he hard. He punches fucking hard. All right, so we get to our last fight here. We're going to take a little bit of a break. 
I know you've been looking forward to this one. Steep A finding DC's soft tummy. Man, Steep A looked good, dude, in that last round. In the last the first round, three rounds, <laughs> he was getting his ass beat. Ass whooped. But he looked determined. See, dude. we've seen this evolution from DC, and I say when I said about Diaz and Pettis, they've been the same fighter for a long time. It's because they always fight the same way. You can almost guarantee it. They never change game plans. They're gonna they're gonna try to implement their game plan against your game plan. It's gonna be it's gonna come down to whose style beats whose style. DC has changed his game plan. For some reason, he's taken wrestling out some. He still does a little, but not nearly as he much as he used to. He's walking him down with his hands down. He, well, he like does, a zombie kind He of. does this thing where he grabs your hands. He started doing it against John Jones in the second fight, and he was having success with it. John Jones, but when you do that to John Jones, the danger you have is John's reach is so long, he can grab your hands at the same time and do it back to you, and then reach you with an elbow. That's the problem. You don't have that with Stipe. So if you... the the goal of it is to distract both hands. So if you have both hands, you know where both hands are. So you can't get surprised with a big sweeping right hand from Stipe if you know where both his hands are. You know where to move at the exact right time. And it was time. working. It was working to a perfection. Until Stipe figured out, holy shit, his hands are here. If I go first, if I decide to strike first and beat him to the punch and I go to the body, he can't get his hands down and there dude, quick that enough. that was a beautiful adjustment. Before. That's oh. the best adjustment I think I've ever seen. Those were some of the most technical, nasty liver punches I think I've ever seen. And DC took a lot of them. Oh, I just saw DC's belly fat just flopping in the wind, and I was like, Ugh! Dude, on that last one, you could see him cringe. Dude, oh, I've dude. never taken a liver shot like that. I haven't from either. what I can imagine... It's worse than getting punched in the face. It must just shut your legs down. I can't even fucking imagine how bad that would hurt. Dude, it did shut him down. It shut him down. He just put his hands down and it was just wide open for that big sweep. And when DC finally put his hands down and wasn't hand fighting with Stipe anymore, what happened? Big right hand over the top. No longer knew where the hands were coming from. DC had the speed advantage. What nullifies speed advantage? Body work. Always. But that was a beautiful adjustment in the fourth round. Such but that's a beautiful the adjustment. most technically sound fight I think I've ever seen at heavyweight. It, definitely. There has never been a more technical fight. That's what I thought would happen in the first fight. I it, didn't expect Stipe to get knocked out by one it might punch have, like that. It might have ended fight. up going like that if, if not. I think I heard somebody say it. I think it was the weasel on YouTube. I heard him say it, and I kind of agree with it. I think a lot of those Ngannou shots, because that fight was only like, Four or five months, four or five months after the Ngannou fight, and he took a lot of damage in that fight. In that first and second round, he dumped, He may have dominated the fight, but in that first and second round, he had some puffy eyes. He was taking some bit. If you take one punch from Francis Ngannou, you're gonna have a headache for a month. Dude, did you see uh, Stipe's interview after? Mm. After the Ngannou fight, dude, I don't he looked remember. like shit. Oh yeah, yeah he yeah, looked yeah. like absolute shit. And he said, "Would you want to take a punch from that guy?" He was like, "It fucking hurt, man." Yeah, it did. That, so that guy's a fucking monster. And he took a lot of damage in that fight, and I, I do think that could have had something to do with it. Um, I just think it shocked everybody whenever that one, and it was a short right hand too mm -hmm. that just put him out like a. Lot. It was more like it's like bent his hand. He broke his hand on it, and it like bent down when he hit him. He hit him so hard because it was so short, and Cormier has those short arms that with so much leverage. But one thing I did want to say about Ngannou before we sh before we stop this uh, segment. A lot of people are talking like Ngannou has changed his game and he's evolved and he's a better fighter now. He hasn't done shit. He hasn't proved me anything other than what he already was. I he's think a, he has improved takedown defense. I don't think so. Who's tried to take him down? He's not gotten taken down. Though. Nobody's tried. Blades may have tried one time, but 
he'd still caught him within like a minute. The key, I, I think, he looks to me like a more mature fighter. He does. He, he's got a little more time under his. Belt. Maybe he's got his ego under control. I don't see him beating Stipe. No, until Stipe retires, he's not. Because, like I said about Diaz, Pettis, and other guys, queer brew. This is going to be a theme throughout this podcast. I'm on this this week. I'm sorry. I'm on this kick. There's a clear blueprint to beating Ganu. Whether the storm take him down in the second round. Make him tired. Make him tired. And I don't care how much cardio cardio that dude does. He will never have good cardio. Because There's of all that muscle. Too much muscle. I know people hate Joe Rogan when he says that, but it's fucking true. If you carry that much muscle, muscle takes oxygen. If you need more oxygen, you will get tired faster because you're going to take deeper breaths, which makes your chest tired. It's just a fact of life. A guy that big with that much muscle is unnatural. And it, it, you just can't keep that cardio pace. Yeah. Stipe doesn't, doesn't look like that. That's why his cardio is so good. But there's a lot. Most of the heavyweights don't. They can't wrestle that well. Stipe is a... Like but a, Stipe can. That's why he's the champion. He's a fucking golden star in the galaxy. Him and DC both were. Because they have such different games than normal heavyweights. And here's the thing. People are debating now whether it's DC or Stipe as the greatest heavyweight of all time. I don't... I hate arguments about goats. I uh, hate that too, but here's the thing. DC's great. I'm not knocking DC. I love DC. I'm a big fan of DC, but DC has two fights at heavyweight in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Three fights now Well, at he, heavyweight in the UFC. He's 15-0 and 0 at heavyweight. But that was well, before 15, the UFC. 15-1 now. Wasn't it? No, it was Strike Force. At that time, Strike Force had more talent in the heavyweight division than the UFC did when he was doing then that. Then he dropped down to uh, light heavyweight because... Cain Velasquez. Okay. Yeah. It, it it's a weird story, but anyway. I mean, either way, it's been a long ago. Like you hardcore fans, you know, you're more educated on that type of thing. But I've seen what have you done lately? Type yeah, of deal. yeah. Which is good too. And from what I see, MMA's a day to day kind of thing. It was, what I was going to say about the goat conversation that I don't like. Even Demetrius Johnson will tell you, a guy ranked fifteenth can beat Demetrius Johnson on his worst day. Or his best day. You can't anybody, predict him, anybody can get cracked on the chin and go down. Yeah. It doesn't make anybody better than the other. There can be more consistent fighters. I think it should be a less of greatest of all time and most consistent fighters. Most consistent fighter of all time, John Jones, George St. Pierre. No quite well, Demetrius Johnson too. So it's between those three guys. And how's he done in uh, one championship? Three, you know? He has more challenging competition in Asia than I expected that because those people are just smaller. Yeah, they're more geared towards those lower weights. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are. And I think it's a better place for him. Also, in one championship, they may do a little bit of questionable testing when it comes to Mexican supplements. They don't test. That's basically pride. They don't care about picograms there. They don't (laughs) care about picograms. You can pulse all you want, son. You can create a fucking earthquake if you want to. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for this segment. We ran a little over, but that's okay. We hadn't caught up in a long time. We'll be right back with some UFC Fight Night China recaps. Or not recaps, but previews. You know what the fuck I mean. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to go ahead and start talking about a little bit of UFC Fight Night China. I'm not sure where it is, so I'm just going to call it UFC Fight Night China. Did you play the generic music for him? I think I did play the generic music. We're gonna, I'm going to find you a good generic music. I haven't picked it out yet. But before we move on to our next segment, y'all hear that? This is a redneck podcast, and we dip here. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> yee We're Southerners, man. We can't help it. It's culture. It really is. It's I part called, of the culture here. I called into a podcast one time, and I was talking about a girl drinking dip spit. And you got made fun of. I got made fun of. He was like, "Yeah, it's probably just a way of life down there. They probably probably dip good. They probably dip too, and they don't." Ah. The girls probably dip. That's the girls probably said. dip, and they probably fuck you. And I'm like, you know what, man? Fuck you too. Anyway, getting to UFC Fight Night China here. The first question I have for you, Tyler. Do we even fucking care about this? I don't care about it. I'm not going to watch it. It's at what, like 3 fucking 15 Is it 3 15 in the morning? That's when it starts. Yeah, fuck that. Who the fuck is going to do that? They uh, don't care if you watch this one. I'm not watching it. Well, I, I have an explanation for it a little bit later. Does it have to do with the uh, Performance Institute in China? Kind of. Then building a market. Since we're here, China. since we're here and we're, we haven't started talking about the fights, I'll go ahead and explain it to you. I noticed something. I got real stoned the other day. And I had this thought in my head, and it makes total sense to me. The UFC has gradually started a world takeover. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, they're putting PIs everywhere. Well, that, and if you think about it, when they started, they took America. They had all these American stars. They had Mark Kerr. They had uh, Kim Shamrock. And they took Brazil first right away, too, because they had Hoist Gracie. So that right there, they had North America and South America starting points. So they had George St. Pierre in Canada. So they took Canada. Then they moved down. They took Mexico with Cain Velasquez. And then they start slowly moving away. Now they're moving towards Africa with Adesanya, Yusuf, Usman, and Ganu. Then they moved, well, it was actually before, they went to Russia with Zabit and Habib. Then they went to Australia with Whitaker, Megan Anderson, Alexander Volkanovsky, and now they're moving to Wiley Zhang. Is that how you say your name? I'm going to really struggle with some of these names, so I'm just going to apologize. Wiley Zhang and Li Jing Lian in China. So they're just slowly moving across continents. That would put them at only losing India. They need India, and they need Antarctica. It's all they have left. If they get uh, Wiley Zhang a title, they're going to have a star in every continent. Yeah, they have pretty much taken over. They're taken over. But here's the thing. They will never take Asia as long as one championship is around. Never. They're trying. They've One championship has 8 million viewers. How many fans does the Korean Zombie... I know that Korean Zombie has a ton of fans in America. But what's his presence like in South I would imagine South huge. Korea? I don't know how much they're... Yeah, they're into MMA because they're a big Taekwondo country. Because I think that's where it started. But, but are this, they a UFC market, or are they a yeah, one champion? I think they're both. But I think South Korea is more Americanized, so I would assume they're probably closer. Sorry about the buzzing, guys. I'm getting messaged by my girlfriend. He's probably wondering where the fuck I am. Mine too. <laughs> Mine too. He's asking. But they're, they're probably more of a UFC because I think they're Americanized more than other Asian countries because of the Korean War. Uh, but other than that, I think the rest of Asia is one championship. But moving on here. Possibly the hardest title fight to ever call in UFC title history between Jessica Andrade and Wale Zhang. You saw Jessica Andrade against... Yeah, when she uh, made Rose retire, which I think is sad. Mm-hmm. I think Rose is going to retire. I, I think, think Rose she said she was going to retire. I think Rose is going to retire soon anyway. I don't think but she likes fighting. But that did it for her. 
I've heard her say that she doesn't like fighting anymore because she doesn't have that same anger she used to. She was abused as a child. And but she was so good. She was piecing up Androge. Yeah, that was the most fluky win I think of everything. People are going to get mad about that, but that is a fluky win if there's ever been Oh, one. for sure. She was beating the shit out of Androge. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with some fighters saying that that move should be illegal. But at the same time, it's definitely fluky. Like oh, to it just, was fluky. To just pick somebody up. But then you have to say Rampage Jackson's KO of... Uh, shit, I forgot his name. He's Brazilian. Uh, it'll come to me later. But anyway, Wiley Zhang versus Jessica Andrade. Who is Wiley Zhang? Yeah, I have no idea. Because uh, I, I figured you didn't, so I wrote some things down for you. Uh, lost her first ever fight. Right now, I think she's 18-1. and one, And she lost her first ever fight, which is not uncommon in MMA because you don't... Usually start out with Taekwondo or wrestling. Usually if you start out as a wrestler, you don't lose as much. But if you start out as a striker and you fight a wrestler first thing, probably going to lose. But she's she's now on an 18-fight win streak. Damn. But when you look at those names, probably not that impressive. She's 3-0 in the UFC. She hasn't been around that long. She hasn't fought huge names. She has a win over Tisha Torres, who's about to get cut off a four-fight losing streak by unanimous decision. Jessica Aguilar by Armbar. I don't know much about her, but I think she's pretty good. And a girl named Danielle Taylor that I've never heard of by unanimous decision. Not impressive names, to say the least, in this strawweight division. So she's on. She's won three in a row in the UFC. Yeah, against some less than impressive competition. I'll say that at least. What weight class is Meatball Molly? We saw her in Greenville. I think she's at 125. And she was probably the most exciting fighter oh, on yeah. that card. Oh, yeah. Fucking Meatball for life. For sure, dude. I'm a huge fan of Meatball. Meatball now. for... We were chanting Meatball in the crowd. We were, man. The whole crowd was. For some reason, they loved Korean Zombie and Meatball, and neither one of them were from America. You'd think that would be different in the South. We're not racist, motherfuckers. That ended a long time ago. Anyway. What move- the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to move on from the Zang... And break her down a little bit. For I watched her fight with Tisha Torres. And lots and lots of spinning shit. Lots and lots of spinning shit. You can expect lots and lots of spinning shit from this girl. Uh, is that good with Androge, though? No, I definitely not. Because so. So it's probably a terrible matchup. You're going to get picking. She's going to get roast. She's going to get picking up and slammed on her head. More than likely, it's just going to be if she lands right or not, probably. But... I will also say, Wale Zhang has thighs for days. Thighs for days, son. If I was a cannibal, I would kill her first. Because that's the first thighs I would eat. I don't think I've even... The only picture I've seen of this girl was when the UFC posted a picture. You know how they do when they Mm -hmm. sign in or whatever. She's jacked. That's the only picture I've seen of her. She's a jacked 115. And I was like, who the fuck cares about this UFC China card? Not many people. Not many. I'm kind of interested in Zayn versus Andrade, and I'm very interested in Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos. I got that right. Pretty sure I did. Versus the Leech, because the Leech is good. Why, uh, Li Jing Leong. I'm just going to call him the Leech from now on, because that's a hard fucking name. Sometimes when I can't you... even say Volkanovski. No, no. So I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to be racist. I know I just said we weren't racist, but sometimes Chinese names just sound like mouth noises. They don't sound real. I know that's just my American way of thinking. But come on, Li Jing Liang, that's I, just fucking mouth noises. I wonder what they think of our names, though. John? John? The fuck is that? <laughs> Probably the same thing. Everybody's racist in a way, if you think about it. 
it, it goes back deep-seated, but we all come from Africa. Anyway, well, this isn't a fucking history podcast. Breaking down Wiley Jane, we keep getting off track. We're sorry, we haven't hung out in a long time, so we just kind of riff sometimes. Anyway, she does have those big, powerful thighs that I was talking about, which allows for some pretty powerful, brutal kicks and explosive movement. She relies on brute strength more than not. She's reckless at times, which could be a serious downfall at this downfall at this point in her career, especially against somebody like a pressure fighter against Andrade. So I I don't expect too much. I know a lot of people are high on Wiley Zhang to beat her. I'm kind of favoring Andrade in this one. I'm just not excited about that division at all. I, don't I, I was when Rose and uh, Nami Unit, or no, not Rose and Joanna. Yeah, I was excited. When some they hard fought. fucking names in this division. Yeah, they're some really hard, hard fucking names. But uh, I was excited when they fought. Is um, uh, Joanna is she coming back down to one fifteen? Yeah, she's fighting Waterson. Michelle so, Waterson. So I would marry me, the, Michelle. I know those names a whole lot more than I know this. I don't. I, I'm not going to try to pronounce her name. Marley Zhang. Wale Zhang. There you go. You gotta say it fast. Wale Zhang. Yeah, 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 see, it sounds better when you say it fast. It really <laughs> does. But moving on, we're gonna talk about the leech and capoeira. I'm gonna use nicknames because they both have very hard names to pronounce. And we're, like I said before, we're rednecks, kind of. We're not really rednecks. We're but country. We, we come from a redneck place. Uh, no, we're country. There's a difference. Yeah, we're we're not loud and obnoxious. Um, this fight is going to be a fight of the night candidate almost for sure, unless Eliza Dulesky Dos Santos does what I think he should do. Um, even more spinning shit from both guys. Both guys are going to be fucking spinning all over the fucking cage. Well, that's always fun to watch. It is fun to watch, but at the same time, I don't know if... Dos Santos is going to throw some spinning shit, but he's also smart. He's very smart. Uh, my So you're going to see spinning shit from both fuckers. The striking advantage is going to go, or the strength advantage is going to go to the leech. I'm giving the striking advantage to DeSantos. I'm giving pressure to the leech. I'm giving technique to DeSantos. And I'm giving grappling to DeSantos. So hearing that, who do you think is going to win? Knowing nothing about both guys, I'm just giving you the strengths. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Good answer. The answer for me is I'm giving the edge to Zaleski Dos Santos because he proved his IQ against Curtis Millinder. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh, what weight are they? 170. Okay. Um, so Curtis Millinder is like one of the best strikers in the division, and he's not come up yet because his grappling hasn't caught up. But he is one of the best strikers, and Zaleski is just as good of a striker, but he knew he had a, just like in this fight, he knew he had an advantage on the ground. So what'd he do? He almost immediately took the fight to the ground and choked him the fuck out. Dude, there's so many big names in that division right now. You just can't keep up it, with all it, of them. It might be a while before we see him, actually. If he is, what? Well, they keep... The the problem with guys in 170 and 155, when you have guys like Gregor Gillespie, Zaleski, Zola Santos, Santiago Ponzinibbio, guys like that that are really good, are very good, they're like top 10 talent, the problem is they don't have the name and they don't talk trash. So when you have that, you have guys... The fighters themselves would probably fight those guys. Like, a Justin Gagey would probably fight somebody at 155 coming up like Gregor Gillespie. Except, his manager's going to say, Justin, why would you take this fight? There's no... It's a lose-lose situation for you. You either beat this guy, and you get nothing from it, because you don't get any fame. The casual fans... People like you are in between casual and hardcore. They care... 
but they don't care outside of their everyday life. If they're not watching MMA, they're not thinking about it. So when they see Justin Gagey knocks out Elizu, so like, no, he's not in the same division. So they see Justin Gagey knock out a guy at 155, that, like Gregor Gillespie, they're going to say, oh, Justin Gagey just took an easy win. I don't know who the fuck that guy is. Well, I know Gregor Gillespie. Because I've told you about him. Yeah, was, but and I've done some research on him. Yeah, but if you didn't know who Gregor Gillespie was, because he doesn't fought many big fights, he hasn't fought anybody big If yet. I didn't follow Blood on the Canvas podcast, I wouldn't know. Exactly. So if you didn't, if you weren't in the hardcore circle, you're not going to know some of these guys. So what's going to happen is their manager is going to tell them not to do it because it's a lose-lose situation. You either win against a guy that nobody's ever heard of and you don't look good for it, you look like you're picking on little guys, or you lose and you're... Everybody's like, you just lost to that fucking guy? Who is that? So what you're saying is he needs to Colby Covington that shit. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because you ha- at this day and time in MMA and UFC, you have to have a gimmick almost. Because if you don't have some kind of gimmick, a good guy gimmick, a bad guy gimmick, a cringe gimmick, fucking doo-doo, it, it's just not going to work out for you. Because no one's going to know your name. You're never going to move up in the ranks because the ESPN... It's all about those money fights. They want views, they want more views, and they want ESPN Plus subscriptions. That makes sense. One problem I have with ESPN, and I thought this was so fucking weird, was whenever they went, I can't remember what fighter it was, they went to his corner in the middle of the guy when he was fighting, in the middle of his fight, mm-hmm. and they're interviewing his corner. It's a lot like, of people had a problem with that. What the fuck are you doing? They were trying to do the sideline report and shit where they pull the head coach away at beginning of halftime. Yeah, that shit's ridiculous, man. Yeah, it just don't happen in MMA. There's not time for that. No, it's don't a five, do that shit. It's a five-minute round, not a 45-minute game. You I can't do that. I don't care about that shit. No, you know? we, don't, we don't need... You can just put the camera and the audio recording on the guy in the corner and you can figure it out from there. You don't have to go interview that guy and distract him while his guy's on the cage getting his ass whooped. I don't think... ESPN's new. They're really new to this. They're very new to this I game. think they're going to get... They're going to learn. It's going to be a lot better. Because ESPN, whatever they do, they normally do pretty well. They're already doing it better than Fox. Yeah. Fox sucked. So, I, I think it'll get gradually get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they need to cut that shit out immediately. Yeah, I will say that ESPN has helped a lot because I see a lot more MMA shit than I ever did before. Oh, I do too on it's, ESPN. It's, it's way great. better. It, people, when you turn on ESPN in the middle of the day, now you see MMA, and random it's people, great. random people are just going to see that and they're going to be like, two dudes are fighting. Fuck yeah! It's the age-old thing. If you see two people fighting in the street, people are going to congregate. They're going to create a circle. It's just natural mankind. It's going to help it process. grow. It's going to help it grow definitely, a lot. Definitely. All right, so we're going to end this segment right here. We're at 15 minutes. We're going to go ahead and start talking about some upcoming fight news. Hit the music, Tyler. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to talk about some upcoming fights, and we're going to talk about some news to go over. I know you're excited about the Conor McGregor interview. I am. Mm, I want to talk about that shit. I didn't even fucking watch it, to be honest. You should have, man. I watched clips. I just don't give a shit. You should have watched it, dude. And I've made a decision that until Connor gets back in the cage, I just give no fucks He's about it. He's coming back, man. I give no fucks about it. He's him. coming back. Eventually. Maybe. It'll be soon. I think it's 50-50 It'll right It'll be now. by the end of the year, I think. I will talk about it here in a second, about how I think they're, the UFC's trying to get him back in. He'll get back in. I'm going to talk about it in what the fuck, man. All right. Uh, upcoming fights. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to list you some upcoming fights. And like I said before, 
you're somewhere in between a casual and a hardcore. You're more than a casual, less than a hardcore. You follow it, but you don't follow it every day, right? Right. Would you classify yourself as that? Yeah. Uh, somewhere in the middle. See, my thing is, I'm broke. So <laughs> I don't have the money for fight pass. All but these paywalls, man. In two months, I'm getting that shit. And I'm gonna be a whole lot more up to speed. Turn on into shit. a hardcore. Oh well, I don't. I don't know if I'll be that hardcore. It's stressful, man. But, it's stressful. You know, I I care too much about football. I think I I have one heartbreak in my life, and that's football. So well, that's uh, a good thing about MMA. See, I've just never clinged onto a fighter besides maybe Cowboy and Tony. And when you don't cling onto a fighter, you can just watch a fight and be excited either way. That's the good thing about MMA. And I'm getting kind of tired of the NFL shit. So. <laughs> I'm getting tired of Antonio Brown shit. Uh, I'm, I'm about to make a transition. I've already made a transition a long time ago. Okay, so I want, what I want you to do is I'm going to list these fights, and I want you to rank them one through five, which fights interest you the most. And okay. then we're going to talk about them a little bit. So first thing I have wrote down here is Darren Till versus Kevin Gastelum coming up at 244. We have I, I Dust- didn't even know they booked that. That's, that's they awesome. They booked it yesterday. Uh, next fight is Dustin Poirier versus Habib. Of course, everybody knows that one's coming. Then we have Adesanya versus Whitaker. Everybody knows that one's coming. We have Cerrone Gagey. I don't know if you had that. Knew that one was yeah, coming. Yeah, I knew that one was coming. Banger. Yeah, that'll be awesome. We have Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Yair making his return after that awesome knockout of Korean Zombie. We have Jack Hermanson versus Jared Cannonier. We have Zabit Magomed Sharapov versus Calvin Cater. Damian Mai versus Ben Askren. Johnny Walker versus Corey Anderson and John Jones versus a dead body at MSG. <laughs> okay, so you want me to list five, or do you, you want me to list ten? I think there's just ten there. So I want you to pick five of those that you interest you the most. Oh God, um, I'll, I'll turn it around here for you. Okay, well let's see. Uh, till actually just go through the fights and tell me what your okay. level. Of, right. Tell me your level of we'll, excitement. We'll do that. All right. So, Till doesn't excite me that much anymore. Yeah. Um, he was exciting coming up, man. But, did you see his last interview, Darren Till's? I uh, saw him on Ariel Hawani not too long ago. His face looked fat. He's getting pudgy. He looked a whole lot bigger, man. He's bulking and for 185. He didn't need to bulk, but he is. Maybe he's just partying too much. But, yeah, that's what I think. That's what, I mean, I could be wrong. A symptom of alcohol is puffy skin. He's definitely not. Maybe I, I think he's got some issues that he needs to figure out outside of the UFC before he. I mean, he's just got normal young man issues. He just parties too much. But I think he needs to get that under control before I'm extremely excited about his fight. I mean, after watching Gaslam's last fight, you think Sonya? You think Gaslam's gonna knock his block off? Yeah, I think so. I'm kind of leaning that way right now, too. That's what I think. My, if that happens to Till again, I don't know what happens to Till. My thoughts on guys moving up a weight class, everybody says that it'll help your chin going up. I don't know if that's always the case. Because a lot of times when you go up, if you already have a bad chin, and you move up, the guys are hitting harder, and your chin's going to get worse. And I don't know where Till goes from there if he gets knocked out again. Because that last one was brutal. He's kind of in a Luke Rockhold situation. Like, where do you go from here? Do you go to yeah. Bellator? He's kind of crushing his presence. I don't know. I'm uh, excited about Poirier and Khabib. Uh, I, I know on the last podcast, I was not very high you on Poirier. You gave no shot to Poirier. I gave no shot to Poirier. But I've, the closer that fights get, the more that I kind of dive into, I guess, 
I wouldn't say analyzing because I'm not that hardcore, but I give a lot more thought to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I give Poirier a shot. I still don't see him winning. I I see. Here's the thing, and I know you're going to disagree with me on this one, but from what I see with Poirier, is it's a similar situation with Khabib and Connor. No. I know that you think that's different, but I think Poirier's chances on the feet, and I think he's got sure. about a minute in each round to win. You got to think about this though, Conor McGregor. I don't know what his belt level is, but judging by him, maybe purple belt is what I'm thinking. Poirier, black belt. Under, it doesn't matter. Black belt under Tim Crater means something. It doesn't matter with Khabib, man. It it doesn't I think matter. It does. I. I'm not saying he doesn't have a shot. I think he's got a lot better shot than what Connor had. I'll give that to you. I think he has a lot better chance Definitely. than Connor. His style just matters. I'm not but, saying Connor wouldn't beat Poirier, but I think Poirier's style against Habib matches up much better. I, I think it's going to be a better fight. I think it's the biggest test that Khabib has to date. But I see Poirier's chance of winning really high in the first minute of the fight. And then I see it drop substantially after the first minute. That's always the thing with Habib is your chances of winning drop dramatically each round. So I'm excited about this fight, but I'm more excited about the implications of this fight. About who takes the winner? Yes. And it better be Tony first. Do they fuck Tony again? Dude, if they do, there'll be an uprising. My Here's my pro. I, I kind of want Poirier to win, but at the same time, if Poirier wins, we almost definitely get... Conor McGregor doesn't pull out. I think that's what Conor's holding out for. He can't think he's got that great of a shot to get Poirier, though. He's beat him once. No, not to beat him, but for Poirier to beat Khabib. Uh, but he but, thinks there's a shot. But we'll talk about that later because in his interview, I'll, I'll tell you about it when we get to that part. Conor doesn't believe in Habib. He still doesn't. I, I will talk about it. We'll but, talk about it about what he said in his interview. He wants Khabib again. I think he wants Khabib more than he wants I think that's Poirier. what's driving him crazy. I think that's what's driving him crazy. I think it is too, but I think that's good for him. He needed motivation. It doesn't matter how much motivation Connor has against Beeb. It's never going to happen for him. Oh, I I agree, but I think it's going to get him back in the game. It might get him back in the game, but Connor is pure fast twitch muscle, and the cure for fast twitch muscle is cardio. Cardio. He just and Connor's cardio has not always been there. It's just like in Gano, he will never have good cardio because of the fast twitch muscle. But the thing I like about Connor and Connor is great for the UFC. Definitely. If Connor fights again with them being on ESPN, it's going to blow the fuck up. Oh, for sure. Uh, no matter if it's a title fight or not. See, what I think they should do, Connor will never agree to it, but if he fought on just a fight night, can you imagine how many people would tune in? Yeah, but that won't happen. And how many people would buy subscriptions? That It won't happen. Eh, probably not. Connor will never agree to that. All right, Adesanya um, Whitaker. I'm excited about this fight because of the difference of styles and such high-level striking ability by both guys. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's, if, it's going to be great. I don't know what's we're going fucking, to happen. We're fucking jinxing it talking about it. Yeah, one of them's going to get injured or something. Adesanya's uh, never dropped out of a fight, even though he should have one time against Mumson. He probably should have dropped out because of his knee. Whitaker drops out, but not by. it's not because he's a pussy. It's because his body breaks. He fucking terrible luck, dude. He has Dominic Cruz syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm excited about this fight, man. I, I'm leaning towards Adesanya. Uh, last time I know I said I feel like he runs through Whitaker, but I don't think he runs through Whitaker anymore. I mean, after looking at going back and looking at Adesanya versus um, 
Gaslam. That was such a banger. Um, that's one of the best fights I've watched is Adesanya and Gaslam. Uh, that was such a banger. But before the Gaslam fight, I thought Adesanya was levels and levels above everybody else as far as striking ability. I think he's still a level above everybody in striking. I do too, but I don't think he's as high it's an as overall, what he was before. I think he's still that high. It's just an overall MMA game and experience. Right. Uh, it's a different game when it, so, you see Adesanya is the most successful professional kickboxer to ever grace the, the octagon. You've seen Gokan Saki get knocked the fuck out. He's one and two. Right. You've seen other guys come from kickboxing and get knocked the fuck out because it's a different distance. Adesanya figured out that distance pretty early, and he figured out that he needed a ground game and he needed to take down defense. And I think he's got a ground game now. He has, uh, like I said with Connor, I'd, I'd give him less than Connor. I'd probably give him a boy belt. I don't, I, th- I don't think you're giving him enough credit there. I think he's done a lot of work. He's good the on the things. ground. He's good on the ground. Don't get me wrong. It's experience on the ground. I think he's he's good enough to get by. He's good enough to get by, and it's not like he has to worry about that against Whitaker. No, no, he doesn't. That's why I'm so excited about this fight. I still give the edge to Adesanya. Uh, I don't, but I don't know what's going to happen. I'm leaning 60-40 Whitaker right now, but we'll talk about it more when that time comes. Um, Cerrone versus Gagey, I'm excited to see. Uh, Who's not excited for that one? I think anytime Gagey fights, you don't have a exciting. fucking pulse if you're not excited. Um, anytime Cerrone fights, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this is just a damn good fight all around. Uh, but yeah, maybe it'll get jinxed. I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't. Nobody's ever asked me, and I'm a little bit offended nobody's ever asked me who my favorite fighter was. And it, probably people just assume it's Donald Cerrone, because it is. You want me to tweet it at you after this? <laughs> yes, I do. I want you to ask me a question, because you're the only one. I am. <laughs> I am, man. I give you support. I throw but, it your way, but Juice don't follow me back. <laughs> We're still calling you out, Juice. We're going to do this to the end until you follow him back, fucker. That's right. <laughs> but if you listen to our accents... Of course we pull for a guy with a nickname Cowboy. <laughs> we have to. The fuck do you expect? We fucking have to. But yeah, I'm excited to see that fight. Uh, I mean, that fight... Where do you think the winner goes from that fight? I don't even know. That, I don't know. That I don't think so it matters. Crazy. I don't care. You can match anybody up in the top ten of the lightweight division. It's going to be an awesome fight. Yeah. I, I don't care about the implications of that fight. I just want to see it fucking bad. Um... Nobody, yeah, neither one of those guys drop out either, so that one's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rodriguez versus Stevens. Um, not that excited. Not either. Um, I wrote it down just because it popped out in my head, but at the same time, I feel like Jeremy Stevens is on a downfall. I feel like Yair is on an up climb. Uh, yeah, I feel like Yair is too, but I I don't care about Stevens anymore. Yeah, it's I mean, hard to. He's, he's it, lost a lot lately. He... Like I said before, clear boy prints. Avoid the big punch. That's all you got to do against him. Have you ever Have you ever noticed how big that dude's oven mitts are? Fucking massive for a 140. He has like heavyweight hands. That's why he hits so hard. Have you ever seen a picture of Ngannou's hands? I don't even want to think about it. Oh my! It's probably God, the size of dude. a watermelon. It's the size of my head. It's <laughs> oh, so scary. Um, if you woke up in the middle of the night and Francis Ngannou was standing at the end of your bed, what the fuck would you do? I'd just shit myself, probably. I'd mm-hmm. pee down both legs. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Hermanson versus Cannoneer, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm really high on Hermanson. I think he's damn good. I don't know if he's good enough for top five. Uh, he's good enough for top five, but Cannoneer is a dark horse. Cannoneer, yeah. A, Cannon, nobody, nobody. I don't know why he took this fight. Uh, I don't know why anybody would take a fight against Cannoneer. 
I mean, I'm glad somebody finally took one against the I man. know. Because uh, it's like I was saying before, there's no, it's a lose-lose situation for Hermanson. Even though Hermanson's kind of in the same situation, which kind of makes sense for him. But I, w- I wouldn't fight Cannoneer. Fuck that. Uh, that guy hits so hard. If I was a 185-pounder, I'd be scared to death of Cannoneer. Oh, for sure. Everybody knows he's coming up, and he's uh, looking for that title pretty soon. You know who the winner takes, I think? Who? The winner or the loser is going to fight UL. Almost for sure. Or would they fight Costa? Costa? Costa, mm, Costa. It might be loser fights UL, winner fights Costa if Costa don't get the next title shot. If he decides to fight again before. I don't think Costa gets the next title shot. Who else gets it? I, I think... I think it's going to be such a banger, they're both going to take eight, ten months off. Yeah, probably. You've got to Somebody, fight in between there somewhere. Yeah, especially when you're making as much money as these guys probably are. Right. And there's so much build-up to it, too. Uh, he's got to have another fight before he gets a title shot, I think. Oh, yeah. But, I'm not, uh, not saying he doesn't deserve one. He might hold out. He's held out this long, but that was because of some USADA issues. Uh, anyway, the beat and Cater... Um, I'm, I'm really high on Zabit. You don't m- know much about Cater, do you? Not a whole lot, but I know a lot about Zabit, and I think Zabit is better than what you give credit for. I don't know what you mean there. I give him a lot of credit. You didn't on the last podcast. I give him credit. I just fought with the UFC stats guy because he kept saying he would kill Max Holloway, which is just I don't untrue. think he would beat Holloway, but I think he's a, I, I think really highly of Zabit. I think highly of him, too. I just don't think he has the experience in the UFC yet. Anybody Calvin from Pakistan, okay, yeah. I give credit to. Have you ever heard that dude's backstory? No. He was raised in a wushu gym like a fucking monk. Yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. But Calvin is going to be his best test. This is where we're going to see where Zabit's at. Zabit's fought some lesser competition. He fought Jeremy Stevens. He didn't look great. And Brandon Davis exploited some of his striking. Which worries me a little bit, because Calvin Cater has the best boxing in the MMA. He could have just been having an off day, man. I don't know. Mm, I don't know about that. It, I think it's just a style. He can't throw his flashy shit when he fights a high-level guy. That's a problem. Well, flashy don't work with high-level anyway, but I think Zabit's ground game's there anyway, too. That's the thing. If Zabit wins this fight handily, it's going to come off the ground. He's going to do that weird fucking takedown he does where he does that fucking ninja shit. And just gets behind your he, heel. He's a fucking ninja, man. He is a... Well, he's a fucking... Shaolin a Dagestani monk. ninja. He's a, he's a Shaolin monk. That's what he fucking is. Uh, this might surprise you, but one of the fights that I'm most excited to uh, see... We got a Ben Askren stand. Is Damian Maia and Ben Askren. You still high on Askren? I'm not high on Askren. No. But it intrigues me that somebody who has no stand-up, no stand-up whatsoever... Both these guys have no stand-up. And... and the thing is, Askren admits he doesn't have stand-up. Oh, he's he like, knows. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I just he's walk him down and try to grab a hold of him, you know? That's what he does. That's why I like Askren. Not because of all the shit talk. Not because of any of that. But, like, That's why I said your you average dude with a dad bod can go <laughs> out there and compete with these motherfuckers. Well, that's Daniel Cormier. But Daniel Cormier has the mind of a fucking champion. It, it's but different Askren, with Cormier. Askren's just kind of funky. Just like his nickname. He's funky. just a funky dude. Yeah. But, but I'm excited to see the ground game there. Oh, I don't know. See, that's the thing I worry about in this fight. I don't know if we'll see a fucking ground game. Usually when you get two guys this good on the ground, neither one of them, are, both of them are scared to take each other down, and they just fucking box. But it's kind of like wrestling versus jiu-jitsu. Which holds up? Usually wrestling. So I'm excited to see 
two high-level guys like that go at it. And I hope it gets on the ground early and stays there the whole fight. Both guys have a fucking ridiculous squeeze. Both guys are anacondas. Yeah, so I, I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, Anderson versus Walker. Uh, Corey Anderson, mm -hmm. Johnny Walker. I'm excited for that one. Um, I know you're probably not, but I am. Because I just want to see Johnny Walker I, again. I just I don't know a whole lot about either one. I know a little bit about Johnny Walker. I've looked him up. Uh, wasn't that impressed? Really? Wasn't that impressed with what? How? I, I the what? highlights that I saw were early in his career. One shot knockouts, man. That's all he is. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Anderson except for the fact that he talks a lot of shit. This is a good test for Johnny Walker. I hope he doesn't knock him out early. That's my concern. I hope. Because here's what they're thinking. You notice how I put John Jones versus Dead Body as the last fight? Yeah, the winner probably is facing Jones, right? Well, there's also Jan Blockwitz. The reason I think they haven't made that fight yet, besides it's pretty far out, is because the winner, if Johnny if Corey Anderson wins, they're giving it to Jan Blockwitz, almost definitely. But if Johnny Walker wins quickly, then they're going to give the title shot to Johnny Walker and MSG, and they're either going to try to make a bigger start of John Jones or they're going to make a new start of Johnny Walker. It's going to be one of the two. Well, nobody's beating John Jones. Johnny Walker has the best chance. You know why? He has an 82-inch reach. The guys who are successful against John Jones, Tiago Santos and Alexander Gustafson, also have very long reaches. Well, here's another thing I heard that was kind of intriguing the other day about John Jones. And it, it made sense to me as... Not as a hardcore. I've not looked into it as much as what I should, but, you know, it's just a thought that uh, I've been thinking about. Uh, John Jones has been fighting different. A little bit. Has it been because he's been getting off the PEDs? No, it's because he's not being tested. I've. It, it could be because of the PEDs. My theory on the PED thing is you know he has NFL brothers. So what is NFL known for? being able to get away with PEDs. How yeah. do they do that? Microdosing. So I think John was microdosing. That's why he pulses. That's why they just found little picograms. It's because he's microdosing. So that's my theory on John Jones. Maybe he's not microdosing anymore. Who knows, man? And if you're microdosing, it's more up here. It's more in the head than anything. It's not helping him that much. I think it just gave him confidence. I listened to an old interview with John Jones, and he said that before, uh, early in his career, he would go out the week before and party the whole week because he knew if he lost, he could blame that loss on his partying. So he would think, I'm still the greatest. I just partied too much and I can stop partying. So I think a lot of, John is a very insecure person. As much as he doesn't want to admit it and as much as he doesn't want to show it, John is a very insecure person. And he's terrified of losing. I think that's a big part of it is how terrified he is of losing. I mean, I still think he's the greatest uh Talent-wise, he's the greatest. The goat of MMA. I just, you can see it in his fights how cautious he is. Mm -hmm. It's um, the insecure part. Yeah, I, I can't. I just, I was disappointed after that Tiago Santos fight uh, because he didn't go for the kill shot. He didn't go for the knockout. Whenever Santos had blew out his MCL, mm -hmm. ACL, what? Hey, he just tore his knee. All the I don't tracks. know why he never took him down. That's when, and why was he throwing so much spinach shit? I don't know if I talked about this before. I don't know. I'd never seen... Nobody talked about it. I don't know why. I had never seen John Jones throw that many spinning kicks. He threw one every round. He threw multiple. I've never seen him do that before. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Normally, his game plan is on point. Mm -hmm. That's how he beats Cormier. 
this I, game plan. Maybe he just wasn't focused. I don't think he saw Tiago Santos as a challenge. I think that was a big part of it. I don't I know think, if he'll see anybody as a challenge. I think a lot of his problems in fights that we see is less PEDs and more of a mental challenge. He doesn't see the guys he's fighting as a challenge like he does DC. He hops himself up for DC because he knows he's a challenge. I think that's a big part of John Jones fighting less aggressively. And the thing, like you said about his insecurity, I don't see him moving up to heavyweight. <laughs> insecurity. As much as I want, it, I want to see that happen. Just because it's exciting as an MMA fan to see something new. He's going to have to clean the division out of the young guys before he does that. Um, I hope that eventually he moves up to heavyweight. I don't know who's going to be around at heavyweight by the time he gets there. I, I wish. I mean, I wouldn't mind to see him move up to fight Stipe. What I think the this shit's ridiculous is him talking shit to Adesanya. He's so much bigger than Adesanya. It, yeah, it's ridiculous. Adesanya could fight at 170. I know. And, and Adesanya, I feel like it's the type of dude that would be like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. He would. And but, I don't think it would go well and, for him. And that would be awful for Adesanya. But there was also the thing we would see a good John Jones, because I think John Jones would see Adesanya as a challenge. You can see you can see out or John Jones's insecurity when he talks about Israel Adesanya because he insults so too. when he insults somebody he's showing his insecurity he does that when he has big opponents like DC and he's been insulting Adesanya a lot yeah I, and Adesanya I feel like is the type of dude that would move up and be like fuck it yeah let's go you know and I, that definitely would be that awful dude. for his career I hope that doesn't happen he would have to. Dem- Clean out. He said he wants to clean out the division before he does that. So well, it'll he's be a well while. on his way. He's on his way, but he's going to have to t- get past Whitaker. Yeah. It's a hard test. All right, so we're going to move on to some fight news here. Let me turn the page. Sorry about this crinkling. All right, Conor McGregor's interview, go off, King. I have no idea what happened, really. So, basically, I know Ariel, he, he looked like he was going to cry, all that bullshit. I wouldn't buy a fucking uh, bit of uh, it. Well, I didn't see that in the interview. I, you're just biased, man. All you I hardcore fans, I don't and hate... Hughes talked about it too, all you hardcore fans, anytime you say anything positive about Conor McGregor, they're at your fucking neck ready to kill you. I, about Conor McGregor. I don't hate Conor. I hate his antics, I hate his outside stuff, and then I hate his Then why don't fans. you hate Colby Covington? What do you mean? It's not the same. Uh, it's definitely not the same, Colby but Covington, Connor does it better. Colby Covington is an obvious farce, and I'll tell you why I don't hate Colby here in just a second. I explained it to you earlier. Okay, so Connor's interview, Ariel was basically asking him all the hard questions about, you know, how we threw that drink in that guy's face. Mm-hmm. Connor's just a crazy motherfucker, dude. I think that's what it boils down to is Connor, he just, he can't control himself. Sometimes. And I think that's a little bit of the yeah, cocaine. It, yeah, for sure. It could be, but like, I mean, hell, you're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. You gotta also think about this. How much free whiskey is that? He made his own whiskey so he didn't have to buy whiskey anymore. Oh, yeah. So, but the good thing that I saw out of this interview was motivation. Um, and I I listened to him talk about seeing Nate Diaz win. And uh, me and you, I think we listened to an interview before he fought Khabib, maybe? He said that uh, Diaz gave him a rematch, so he owed Diaz a rematch. I think he wants that fight. I think it's he the big wants money Diaz. It is the big money fight. Um, he doesn't need money. But he doesn't need it. But I think he has the motivation to come back now. And that's what I took from that interview. Uh, and he also admitted that he has trouble, too, uh, 
since he's had so much success. Like, if you have that much much success, that much money, why would you come head. back and get punched in the face? That's a very good question. I don't know why anybody would. Uh, exactly, but I think he said that he was struggling finding motivation to come back. Oh, I'm sure. And that gave him some motivation. So I think uh, we're going to see Connor uh, when he's healthy. Uh, he said he broke his hand. I didn't even know he broke his hand. But he said he broke his hand. I thought it was his foot. It was his hand. He broke his hand. He, broke he was his supposed foot. to fight this summer, and he broke his hand. Oh, I did see that. And you know what else? You know when that broken hand happened? Well, when he punched the guy, the old man. Think about this. It was more like a bitch slap, John. Yeah, he would definitely would have. Everybody was like, "The old man took that punch," and I was like, "You think Conor McGregor doesn't know how to pull a punch, so he doesn't it actually hurt somebody?" It was more like a bitch slap. I don't think that broke his hand. Well, it could have. I'm, I, I'm really just tongue in cheek. But if you look at the Instagram post, it's like two weeks after with the broken hand. It's like two weeks after this incident happened, which is hilarious. Maybe that's why he lost his shit, though. He Hmm? broke his hand, and he's like, fuck. No, the broken hand was like two weeks after he punched this guy. Either way, I think he's got motivation to come back now. I think he was, I really do think he was going to fight this summer. My my thoughts are. Against Cowboy. mm, I hope so. I hope you're right. I hope so, too. I want to see that fight. Now we're going to move on from Connor because. I don't give a shit about Connor until he gets back in the cage. Whatever. He's coming back. I'm letting everybody know he's coming back. Where is Tony Ferguson? He's waiting for his title shot, man. I haven't, But I know he's usually talking shit, though. I, I haven't looked at his Twitter too much, but I haven't heard from Tony almost at all. That's that's kind of good, though. Yeah, well, it could be bad. Last time we didn't hear from Tony, he was looking for people in his fucking walls. That's true. But we've not heard that. We've not heard that. So Yeah, we may just not have heard it yet. Let's just let's think positive about it because I really want to see him get a title shot. Uh, I don't care it's who time. he's against. It's fucking time. Like it's It's past time. It's the most ridiculous shit in the world that he's not got a title this shot is yet. Borderline criminal at this point. Yeah. Do you think the UFC's holding out on it because they don't want a batshit crazy champion? No. No? No. Because I don't think so. They're afraid of what Connor's batshit crazy. They're afraid of what Tony's going to do. I feel like Tony's been having this problem since Tough, since he was on season thirteen. He's got issues. He's got mental issues. But I think that's what makes him Dana so good, White though. Has dealt with uh, fighters yeah. his whole life. Well, the thing about Connor and Tony both are they're crazy fucking dudes. But that's why they're they have the ability to step in the cage and do what they do is because they're right. crazy fucking dudes. But I, I do think it's criminal if uh, if he doesn't get a title shot after. Khabib and Khabib said he wanted Ferguson after he beats Poirier, which worries me because he's looking ahead. Yeah, that does worry me. He always looks ahead. But um, wouldn't you too if you were twenty-seven and nine? Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think he sees Poirier as as much of a threat as what he should. Uh, but here's the thing: is he said, and this is sad too, that um he wanted Ferguson, and after Ferguson he wanted GSP. GSP. And then he was done. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with it. I think he said before he's losing his motivation. And if you lose your motivation, don't fight. I just hate seeing people retire in their prime. I don't, because then you don't lose your legacy just like GSP. I hate it. I, I would rather see them continue fighting. I would rather just see guys not take a beating at the end of their career. I'd rather see that legacy live on. Um, so now for our last bit of news, Colby Tovington's tactics are working like whether you like it or not. I know... Tons of people hate Colby. I don't hate Colby. I hate Colby's gimmick. I don't think he... He does need it, but I wish he didn't. I think it's too WWE. It's very WWE. But uh, 
And a lot of casuals buy into that. Mm-hmm. A lot. I think the hardcore fans are more and like, Trump oh. people. Trump people fucking love that shit. <laughs> Yo, they fucking love it, dude. And he's he's buying into that, but like the mainstream hates it. Well, the thing is, you could only do this as a Trump person because if you tried to do it as an Obama person, how would that work? How would you be a heel as an Obama person? You couldn't. It's just we should protect the environment. <laughs> it just doesn't have the same ring as <laughs> build that wall. It just doesn't get people excited as much. But what I was going to say about Colby, a lot of people hate him, and I don't know how many of you guys watch this video because I know he's pretty well known on YouTube. It's a guy named Mix Molly Whopper. He's one of my favorite guys. He explains stuff really well. Um, he does like 40-minute videos on certain fighters, and he did one on Colby this week. So bef- I never learned this until I heard this today. And it's not confirmed, so it could be a lie, but I highly doubt it. Colby was told before the Damian Maia fight that win, lose, or draw, he was being cut by the UFC because he was too boring of a fighter and nobody liked him. So he did the Brazil call-out. Right after, or right before the fight against uh, Damian Maia, he had a fight against Dong Young Kim in China, or somewhere in Asia, it may not have been China. But after that fight, he won. He was like, that guy was great. He's a wild, crazy dude. It was a great fight. Thank you, China. All the Asian fans, I love you. You're great. You know, just totally non-Colby Covington-ish. You just don't remember this because you don't remember Colby Covington from this time because he was a boring fighter. So he took the Chael approach, and he said that. He said Chael's saying shit, and all the, he's just saying words, and people are buying it, and they're loving it. So why shouldn't I do that? At the end of the day, we're going to be fighting anyway, so why shouldn't I say fighting words? He does take it too far sometimes, like the Matt Hughes thing, that was probably too far. But at the same time, it got it worked. It's getting him a title shot. The UFC's buying into it finally. What more do you want from him? What do you expect him to do, just get cut by the UFC? He had to do something, and this was the answer. Like it or not, this is what he had to do. I agree. I think everybody knew that, uh, all the hardcore fans anyways, Knew that he was doing this for it's very bots. obvious because in the last UFC fight, I, I if can't you remember. buy if you buy that shit, you're just an idiot. Oh yeah, for sure. Like he walked into the arena and everybody booed him. That's and, genius. And the commentator said, "You know what Colby Covington hears? Cha-ching. Cha-ching. So, <laughs> and also the Kurt Angle entrance. Have you ever heard a crowd chant like that? No. Where they were doing the "You suck." That's amazing, man. He's He's built himself a name. Yeah. That's you, what he's doing. If you get that many people riled up, no no press is bad press. The Well, the only bad part of it is I'm Unless pretty you're sure Conor he's McGregor. getting dead threats every single day. He doesn't give a fuck. His family might. I don't think he really has a family. His family lives in Oregon anyway. That's true. <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap this segment up. We appreciate you guys for listening this far. We're almost done. We got one more segment to do. And Juice, if you've made it this far and you still haven't followed Tyler, fuck you, man. We're about to do what the fuck, man. Tyler Tinstaff, T-Y-L-E-R-1-0. S-T-A-F-F. Anybody listening, follow me. Tyler has literally been talking about this for the past two hours. So please do it so I, I can stop hearing about it. I was disappointed I didn't get a follow back. <laughs> He's also going to do his first what the fuck, man segment. So I hope you guys are excited. Tower's losing his virginity today. All right, we're going to do getting ready to do what the fuck, man, everybody's favorite segment. I've got Tyler watching the window right now because we're recording this in my mom's house, and I really don't want her to walk in and hear her yelling, me yelling obscenities. 
about MMA because that's just weird. I got you, man. <laughs> the What the Fuck Man segment for me this week is Nate Diaz. First of all, when he called out people saying everyone sucks, what the fuck are you talking about, Nate? What the fuck, man? What are you talking about? Everybody sucks? You just don't want to fight certain people because you know you can't beat them. You were ducking Tony Ferguson five years ago. You pretty much said so. You admitted that the UFC offered you the Tony Ferguson fight and that you turned it down because you got caught in a lie. You got caught in a lie and you had to admit it. That's the only time you've ever done it. You just don't want to fight certain people. That's what you do. And I don't blame you. You can't change your style, but just be honest with yourself about it. Stop giving me this bullshit about you just not wanting to fight anybody right now because everybody sucks. Everybody sucks in the lightweight division. That's horseshit. That's the deepest division ever. Just like 170. You're going into a deeper division with more wrestlers that are even better. But minus Habib, you got Usman and Colby. And my guess is he'll never take a title fight because he'll say Usman and Usman and Colby both suck because they're wrestlers. They'll say, oh, they're just going to hold me down and wrestle fuck me. Get the fuck over it, man. You've been doing this for 31 fights now. You should have figured it out by now. Just your game. I realize it's hard, but at the same time, don't bitch about it if you can't do it. Oh, it makes me so angry. Also, people thinking that Pettis would win this fight? What the fuck are you talking about? We've seen Pettis break to guys with pressure for years. Nate Diaz was going to win this fight two years ago. He would have won this fight without a training camp. His cardio is too good for Pettis. Pettis breaks. That's what he does. He's great at distance. He's great with, like, Wonder Boy. When Wonder Boy closed the distance too far, he's great at point fighting. That's what Pettis does. Nate Diaz doesn't do that. He pressures you. He needs you. He does. He cage works you. He does everything he needs to do to beat Pettis. He was the ideal fighter to fight Pettis. Why do you think he chose Pettis? He chose Pettis. He was waiting for Pettis to get a big name at 170 just so he could pick him off and take his momentum, just like he did with Connor. That's what Nate does. He takes momentum. That's his fight strategy, too. He takes your momentum and uses it against you. And he does it in real life just like he did Connor and made himself a star off of it. And kudos to him from that. But don't get fucking mad when someone beats you on the ground because you can't get up. It's just the way it is. Also, against 170s, people that think Nate is going to do good at 170, what the fuck are you talking about? It's obvious. If you've ever watched Nate Diaz pass fight, you would know that he has got ragdolled by Rory, got dominated by RDA, he got fucked up by uh, Benson Henderson, and he got beat by Clay Guida. He got beat by Clay Guida, just like Pettis did. Both of these guys have problems with wrestlers. That's what it is. If you don't realize that, then you're not paying attention. Also, one thing for Nate, I got a what the fuck man for the UFC because this is just fucking dirty. They're using Nate to get Connor back in. They see Connor sees this. He sees Nate catching his momentum just like he did before, and this pisses Connor off. He doesn't want people to start talking about Nate Diaz because now he's going to be the B-side in their trilogy fight, and Connor can't have that. That's why he's going to take a fight before he fights Nate again so he can take the A-side again from him because once Connor fights, he's going to be the news again. If he gets an easy win, if he gets a knockout like he's trying to call out Frankie Edgar, does that sound suspicious to you? Because it sounds suspicious to me. He wants an easy win to take the momentum back from Nate before he has to fight Nate again so he has momentum going into that fight so he's the A-side and wins more money. And that's fine, 
but don't lie about it. That's all I want. Say that's why you're fighting Frankie Edgar, because you want a tune-up fight for the Nate Diaz fight. Just fucking say it. Just fucking say it. That's all I'm saying. What the fuck, man? Both Nate Diaz and the UFC, you're my what the fuck. Get it together. Be honest. Stop being fucking liars. Now I'm going to pause it, and I'm going to let Tyler do his. Be right back. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I can get that angry. It, you just don't have the same person. I'm a hothead. I got, I'm part ginger. What do you expect? Uh, yeah, your face was red and everything during that, man. Uh, you were, you were really pissed off. I was, I'm very pissed off about night. And I'm just not that angry of a person. I know. So, I mean, I, I still think, what the fuck, man, for a lot of stuff. But you know, I'm not gonna like sit here and. They yell about it like you gotta vent. You gotta vent somehow. Mine's probably not going to be as entertaining. Uh, That's fine. This is your first. You gotta. You gotta. Just like I gotta break the seal. Just like losing your virginity, you just gotta stick it in real quick. Oh, I'm I'm about to pop that cherry. You gotta pop that cherry. All right. So, I guess my what the fuck man is going to be about the people who are so fucking high on Jorge Masvidal. What the fuck, man? Like he beat a Darren Till who's got knocked out. And how many of his last fights? Mm, but, well, well, he got just, choked out by Woodley. He technically and that kind of started the downhill. He technically got choked out, but it was more... He got knocked out he and based, then choked out. He was out of it. And who did he fight after that? Was it Masvidal? Yeah, he fought Masvidal. And he got knocked out by a And he got knocked out bad. By a 155-er. Yeah. Which Masvidal looks more like a 170 now. But after Masvidal knocked out Till... He fights Ben Askren and knocks Ben Askren out with the coolest flying knee I think I've ever seen oh, yeah. within the first five seconds. But that fight was five fucking seconds. You just don't think there was enough from Masvidal's scene there? Fuck no. Yeah. Fuck no. I think, and I know I'm higher on Askren than a lot of other people, but that fight lasted five fucking seconds. You didn't learn a damn thing from that fight. Good game plan. It wasn't, yeah, for five seconds. It wasn't really he game even, plan. He even said... He's like, well, you know, I thought I would do that at the beginning of each round. Uh, I, I thought it might come out, you know, uh, at some point during the fight. I I wasn't, I didn't think it would happen in five seconds. Oh, yeah. Like, he got fucking lucky with that knee. I wouldn't say luck. I wouldn't say luck because he, it was a game plan. But at the same time, Askren stuck his head into his knee. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. He bent down and stuck his head into his knee and said, here you go. Knock well, my fucking head off. Did I tell you why that happened? Why? Because the the goal there was to put Askren in a situation where his body reacts naturally without thinking. So Askren's first... When Askren sees something he hasn't seen before, when something catches him off guard, what would be his first reaction? A flying knee, apparently. No, Askren. Oh, to wrestle. Shoot a double leg. Takedown. Yeah. So Masvidal had seen which side Askren's head goes to when he shoots his double leg. So Masvidal knew to throw the flying knee on that side, so he put him in a situation he wasn't comfortable with. Askren's first instinct was, put my head down. Fucking You're down. not even supposed to do that in wrestling when you shoot a double leg. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that You're was. supposed to keep your chin up <laughs> when you shoot a double leg. He literally stuck his head down. So is your what the completely. fuck man about Ben Askren sticking his face in No, it's Masvidal? about these motherfuckers riding <laughs> Jorge Masvidal's dick right now. <laughs> no. I, I'm fucking sick of it. They're saying he needs a title shot and all this other shit. Bullshit. He don't need a title shot. 
He doesn't deserve a fucking title shot off of knocking out. Not yet. A dead Darren Till, who <laughs> was probably drunk as shit during that fight. Let's be honest. Oh, he might have been. He probably got drunk after it, like, oh my god, I about died during that weight cut. Let's get fucked up. He did steal a taxi after that. So, and Darren Till was not right in the head. And then he knocks Askren out in five seconds with, no lie, it was an awesome knockout. Mm-hmm. It was hard to watch. I, you know, I can't watch any more replays of that knockout. Nah, I see it all the fucking time. Yeah, I'm done with that shit. He's also, another thing for you to get pissed off about, if this don't piss you off, he's two and two in his last four. He don't deserve a fucking title shot. Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of all these people riding Jorge Masvidal's dick right now, and he's fucking loving it. <laughs> He's fucking loving this shit right now, dude. I want to see him fight Nate Diaz, though. I think that would be a good fight for him. Who are you leaning? Diaz. Diaz? I'm not high on Masvidal at all. It's going to be a pressure versus pressure, which is weird. But I get I get why you're not high on Masvidal. I get it. He's just not showed me much. He was getting beat by Till, was he not? Before he knocked Till out? Yeah, he got knocked down in that first round. I thought so. Yeah. Till was out striking him. Which still, he's kind of known for he's his striking. so much fucking bigger. But still. Hmm. I, people are riding Jorge Masvidal's dick right now, and I don't understand why. So, what you're telling me is, what the fuck, man, dick riders? What the fuck, man, dick riders? No, you gotta yell it. What the fuck, man, dick riders? You gotta say, what the fuck, man, Jorge Masvidal dick riders? I already yelled. I'm done. Do it I'm again. Done Do it again. What the fuck, man, Jorge Masvidal dick riders? God, I'm so proud of you. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to the Blood on the Canvas podcast. Thank you for making it this far. Hopefully you weren't listening to this podcast with headphones on, because if you were there at the end, you probably busted an eardrum from me. I apologize, but not really, because I was legitimately pissed. It happens sometimes. But well, that's all we got for you this week. We hope you enjoyed this. We hope you tune in next week. I'm John Dale. That's Tyler Stafford. Tyler 10 Staff Juice, give me a follow. Please, Jeff. Please, Juice, just give him a fucking follow.